You are now listening to The Moon Child. Thursday, April 22nd, spring, sunny day, 1.05 p.m., a couple hours before I get going for work. And everything matters now. That is the title of today's episode on episode 43 on The Moon Child Podcast. Only seven more to go till we reach episode 50 which will be a huge milestone for myself. I appreciate coming on here, covering what I've been covering, talking about what I like to talk about, speaking my mind and my opinions on certain things. But today, obviously, we're going to keep it on the Sacramento Kings and maybe some other things about like the U- European Super League that I kind of went on a rant about last episode and also maybe a little bit of baseball I'll throw in as well as the MVP race. But to start things and keep things on the Sacramento Kings, there are 13 games left. I talked about the last 16 games we had in episode 41. Um, three of those games went by. We are 2-1 and one in these last three games. We beat the Mavericks. We lost our home opener with the fans against the Timberwolves. But then we bounced back last night off the back-to-back with the Buddy Heel Dagger 3 in the crunch time. Versus Minnesota, so we went one and one with Minnesota. I must say, I must start showing Minnesota Timberwolves some respect. I think we play them again as well, one more time. Must show them with some respect. They're playing some inspiring basketball. They have the p- potential. They have the talent offensively. They can definitely score with anybody. Uh, they just had a bad coach at the beginning of the season, and it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back. You know, obviously with Anthony Edwards and with D'Lo and Carl Anthony Towns, even the other little pieces they have. They still have Ricky Rubio. They got a good one in them, and Jaden McDaniels. They still have Malik Beasley. They have pieces. So there is no reason for them to be the worst team in the West, but it's cool to see that they're playing inspiring basketball, but not too inspiring where they're beating the Kings. But as I said before, there are 16 games left in the season. We have no room to be making errors or being inconsistent everything matters now everything matters now we have no we have to win at least 75 percent of our games we are four games out of the eighth of the tenth spot for the play-in and as i said before the schedule is not too difficult only three games out of the um the remaining games are against for sure playoff teams that's the jazz twice and the Lakers once. Everyone else is either in the play-in or not in the play-in playoffs at all. We still got to face the Grizzlies two times. We still got to play against the Mavericks two more times. We got to play against the Thunder three times. Play against the Pacers. So those are fully capable. Those are wins that we're fully capable of winning. And like I said before, I have not thrown the white towel yet. It's starting to get to that time because if we lose three or four or five games in these next seven games then it's time to throw in the towel simple as that next two games are very key we play against the Warriors and then the Mavericks those two teams are both in the play-in and those two games will definitely be able to show where are we in the Western Conference are we in the same are we in the play-in tournament type tier or are we just not in playoff material at all which I fully think is baloney because I've seen this team win seven games in a row. 
multiple times this season. But then again, I've seen this team lose nine games in a row twice this season. So this final stretch of games is really going to show where this season was. Obviously, it's been inconsistent. But let's see how, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how we fight for the rest of the season. Now, De'Aaron Fox, I think he is in the most improved player conversation. If you talk about, everybody's talking about Julius Randle. And to be fair, his team is winning. He's an all-star. And he's playing a high level, and he's definitely in the most improved conversation. But De'Aaron Fox isn't doing too much different. He is definitely, he established himself for sure as an elite point guard, a superstar point guard. He is top eight for sure. I think he's the sixth best point guard in the whole NBA right now. Behind Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, Chris Paul, and Luka Dantich, if you want to count him as a point guard. Or even Russell Westbrook at the moment. I don't really count Luka Doncic as a point guard. I think he's a he's more in that LeBron James, James Harden type point guard tier. Where they're not really a point guard, but they're a point guard offensively. Uh, but I wouldn't count them as a point guard. But I'll, I'll put Westbrook over De'Aaron Fox right now. The way Westbrook is leading that Wizards team, trying to lead them into a playing spot. is pretty special right now. But right now, I mean, look how much he's improved. He keeps getting better every single year. Check these numbers out. He's putting up now, officially, it's not, I don't have to pull up no more in the last 10 games. He's putting up this. No, these are his season stats now. 25 points per game, 7 assists, 3 rebounds, 1 steal per game. He's shooting around 72% from the free throw. That's the improvement that we hope from for next season where he can at least get to 78 to 80% from the free throw line, but he's getting to the free throw line more. He's shooting 32% from the three-point line. That's going up. It's better than his other years. His best year shooting the three was his second year in the league, and he was shooting 33. So that's constantly going up, but he's shooting with more volume. They're going in. That's fine. And he's shooting 48% from the field. So he's constantly getting better. He's proven that he can get you 25 to 30 points a game easily. Um, his speed and his control, his control of his speed, not only that he's the fastest player in the league, by far, I believe, in my opinion, but he really knows how to control his speed. He's not, it's not like a Westbrook or John Wall where they're like, or even Colin Sexton where like, I, I, I like to break it down in this way when you think of guys that like to go full speed. When I see John Wall, when I see Westbrook, or when I see Colin Sexton, when I see them going full speed, they'd be like, you know, they're one of those type of speed guys. Um, ja, he's a speed guy, but he glides. It's it's pretty interesting to see how he just glides. But he's not he's not faster than, than Fox. Fox is a gazelle. He not only glides, he Fox doesn't glide. He just, it looked like he skates. It looked like he's just on skates, and he just goes zoom, 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 zoom. And he can excel at just such a fast pace. But then he knows how to control his speed as well. And I think another thing that he's not really given enough credit that he's leading all guards in points in the paint over shooting guards also he's the most he's scoring the most points in the paint out of all guards in the NBA right now he's so crafty around the rim he's so creative around the rim and he doesn't even get all the foul calls he's supposed to get not the same type of foul calls that Trey Young or James Harden or any of these guys be getting and he be going to the rack hard but it's okay when he gets that all-star appearance. Those calls are going to start going our way very soon. Very, very soon. But he's playing at a very high level. If we don't get those numbers from him, then we don't win games. 
Um, usually, sometimes he has some off nights like he did the first night um, against Minnesota um, the other night on Monday night. And it shows when he, when he doesn't, when he when he can't play at an all star level, we 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 fall. Um, so, but man, good thing he has been playing at an all star level because otherwise we would not be nowhere. We would be in fifteenth place right now if it wasn't for him. So it's nice to see his development, and he keeps getting better. I can't wait to see how he comes back next year. But we're focusing on this year as far as right now. Halliburton, he was in a little slump for this past month. He's been kind of going down in the rookie of the year race. But I think this is where he picks up some steams. The fans is back. And this final stretch, I know he feels like it's important to at least go out. If we Even if we don't go into the play-in tournament, we have to at least finish off this season strong. At least win in 75% of our last games. If we can at least get close, if we barely miss it, that's fine. But I want to go out competing, competing at a high level, and let's go out on a high note. And it was still possible. Like I said, there's only four games... Four games remaining. The Spurs have a lot of games to fill in because they did have like a week or two off because of the 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 weather storms that was going on in Texas. So they still have a chance to lose themselves out. Pelicans have been inconsistent as well. There's still possibility. We have to take care of ourselves though. But Halliburton, I feel like these past three games he's been playing pretty good. I think the fans is gonna start, you know, getting him get his energy back up and also just the the notion of there's a chance for us to still make the playoffs. There's still a chance. And also, the fans are back. This can be a major key. We haven't had fans all year. You know, these home games, having the fans there can definitely be a boost for our team. It really can. I think that first game versus the Timberwolves with the fans being back, obviously I think the players had a little bit of jitters, had an off night, but to see how they bounce back. And we were down against Minnesota with like five minutes left. We were down 10, fought back. Buddy hit a dagger and sent the fans home happy. That can really be an X factor for how we finish off this season. Another issue, though, Luke Walton. Now, like I said before, after all these trades, you know, the improvement of depth. I think Monte McNair improved the depth of this roster to at least compete for a play-in tournament this year with the additions of Terrence Davis, DeLon Wright, Mo Harkless. And Mo Harkless has entered himself in the starting lineup. I'll get him in a second. But Luke, Luke, please start Tyrese Halliburton. He's made the decision because we stopped doing the three-guard lineup. Uh, went running with Tyrese, Fox, and Buddy. And one of them had to go to the bench. And he sent Tyrese to come off the bench. And I want Tyrese to start. Man. I want Tyrese to start. I think Buddy will benefit better coming off the bench. Playing with De'Ron Wright. That way he can come off the bench and just score. Just score. We need that scoring off the bench. And it was so useful for that 2019 through 2020 year where we were making, you know, a little run that got us into the play-in game with Buddy Hill coming off the bench and Bogdanovich starting at the two. It's the same situation where Tyrese is the better playmaker. He's the better secondary playmaker. And he's the better defender. And he fits better with Fox. I think Buddy coming off the bench and being a scorer will help us better. But I don't think he wants to mess up the the morale of the team because we do remember Buddy getting pissed off that he had to come off the bench. But, hey, man, I'm trying to win, and Tyrese is the future. So I would love for Tyrese to start. So, Luke, please, if you can, Buddy can still finish the games with us. But I would love to see Tyrese just start and have Buddy come off the bench. That way he can just score. Please. 
I just want to see this Tyrese and Fox. Let's get this Tyrese and Fox thing going right now. Why not? Why not? So, Luke, I got some questions for you, man. I don't know, man. It's not looking good. I don't know if he's going to even have this job towards the end of the year. But my focus right now is not about firing the coach right now. I want to make this play in tournament. I don't care about the draft picks. I understand that Scotty Barnes is available. I understand that there's Evan Mobley, Jonathan Kuminga, Keon Johnson, and Moses Moody. I understand that. But this team desperately needs a winning culture. Desperately needs a winning culture. And I feel like you get rewarded for trying to compete rather than than trying to tank. Also, we haven't had Rashawn Holmes or Bagley these last couple of games. Damian Jones stepped up pretty well last night. He was doing his job down the stretch. Hassan Whiteside was doing his job. Um, he totally took Porzingis out the game against the Mavericks the other night. So it's nice to see that they're stepping up. If Whiteside can be original Whiteside, he can really help his team. We desperately need a seven-footer that's willing to protect the rim. Simple as that. Mo Harkless, he has entered. He has entered himself in the starting lineup, and he's bringing the type of aggression and edginess that I like. He got into poor Zinga's face the other day, but he defends so much. He defends so well. I don't care what he does on offense because his defensive presence makes a huge difference as a wing player. He can play the three or the four. Um, he does pretty much the same things Harrison Barnes does, not offensively, but he does a better job defensively as far as guarding the two, guarding the three, or even the one, and as well as the four. And he's bringing a little bit more aggression, aggression, and you know, edginess that this team desperately needs. Desperately. Really needs. We just need that defensive presence, that dog. We really do. And he's been bringing that to a certain sense. So, I mean, it's been exciting to see that. And the most important thing is that I believe. I believe that we can do this. I believe that we can at least send a good, send at least end the season on a good note. Whether if we are one game out of the 10th spot where we finish, but we competed and we won at least 60 to 70% of our games. I can I can live with that. As long as we're competing, we're, you know, at, like the way we went out in 2018 through 2019 where we barely missed that ninth seed and the Clippers got hot, we just couldn't compete with them and we blew that 20-point lead with the Nets. I want to compete and finish off the season a better note than that because I wasn't completely disappointed on how that season ended because we were so young, but... I would love to see us just go out on a good note, on a competitive note. And I know this team can go on a win streak. I know this team has one more win streak in them. Let's do it now. The time is now. Everything matters right now. And we must win versus the Warriors and Mavericks. These next two games must win because we got the Jazz after. We must win these next two games. It's after the Jazz. So we got the Mavericks. No, we got the Warriors and the Mavericks. Jazz Lakers. So I want to take care of the Warriors and Mavs. Go 2-0 and versus these two. And hopefully split 1-1 one one with the Jazz and Lakers. If we can just steal one. Because then after the Jazz and Lakers. You got Mavs, Thunder, Pacers, Spurs, Thunder, Thunder, Grizzly, Grizzlies. Which are all those teams are not in the playoffs for sure. They're either in the play-in or they're not in the play-in in the playoffs at all. So we can do this. I believe. I totally believe. And that's what I have to say about the Sacramento Kings. Now, also, I want to get in this MVP race. This MVP race I've been talking about throughout the whole season. It's been so interesting. Injuries has kind of been taking out some fallen soldiers. But there's so many stars playing at such a high level, having career in years, putting up insane numbers, just 
displaying not very good basketball if you ever get a chance to watch these players on a night-to-night basis. And it definitely came down to three people. Um, it was a two-man race, but now it's starting to turn into a three-man race because Steph Curry has entered into this race completely, and he has a chance to really get an MVP the way he, you know, to see how this Warriors team finishes out because he's putting up numbers identical to his anonymous MVP season, which is, you know, going down as, which is already went down as one of the greatest MVP seasons ever. But let's break it down. Obviously, we already know the three that we're talking about. We're talking about Joel Embiid, Jokic, and Steph. And all these guys have very strong cases in different ways. So you got Joel Embiid, who is still my favorite, by the way, uh, for MVP. The fact that he came off of his injury, coming back from injury this well, he's looking very good. Um, Still looking like he hasn't missed a step. He's putting up 30 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 block. And his efficiency is at 54. But the, his edge is he's one of the anchors defensively compared to Jokic and Steph. They do not have the same um, responsibilities or they're not having the same impact defensively as Joel Embiid. Also, he is number one in the Eastern Conference. And he's just virtually unstoppable down there. He is really unstoppable. He leads the league in mid-range percentage. And he's killing it. And their formula of him being the best player on the best team in the Eastern Conference is definitely giving him an edge for the MVP conversation. I think as far as what my eyes is showing me, Embiid, especially when he's healthy, he is proven to be the best player in the NBA right now because of physical advantages that nobody else has. He's 7'1", 275 pounds with light, light, light footwork, killing it. And if you watch Philly play, they literally have a mindset where they're going to score or they're either going to score. If you don't double-team Joel Embiid, he's going to score immediately. And if you choose to double-team him, he has options to pass it around. And they've been going with it. They've been playing good chemistry, playing great defense. I like what Philly's got going on. Joel Embiid is still my favorite. But then, you know, he's still my favorite, but I'm not giving him the MVP right now because this could still change. There's still like 13 to 15 games left. And... The way that Joe, the way that Jokic and Steph is playing is just is unbelievable right now. Now let's go to Jokic's MVP race. Now when you talk about the numbers, Jokic has the best numbers right now, um, based on like plus minus efficiency. He is sixty. Uh, his efficiency rating is sixty right now. His efficiency field goal percentage. He is putting up twenty six points, eight assists, eleven rebounds. Shooting 41% from the three-point line. Shooting 56% from the field. Played every single game this season. Leading his team to the top four in the Western Conference. And if you haven't got a chance to watch Jokic play, all I got to say, if you want to watch Jokic play, if there's a Nuggets game and it's it's like you know a three-point or five-point game and it's entering the fourth quarter, watch a Nuggets game. Seriously. What Jokic does... For this team, he literally carries. And like I said in my um, two episodes ago, I'm not counting the Nuggets out. Yes, they don't have Jamal Murray, but they do have Aaron Gordon. They do have they they do have JaVale. They did add JaVale McGee. All they need is for Michael Porter Jr. to step up, Aaron Gordon to step up a little bit more, Will Barton and Monte Morris is the real X factors to step up. But at the end of the day, Jamal Murray wasn't the point guard. He was the shooting guard. Jokic runs that team. That team runs through Jokic. 
And as long as the Nuggets players, as the guards hitting shots, they're going to be able to replace Jamal Murray because Jamal Murray necessarily didn't need the ball in his hands. The more that the ball is in Jokic's hands, the better. This dude is shooting 56% from the field. He's also shooting 41% from the three. And he's also an elite passer, if not the best passer in the NBA right now at seven foot tall. And what he's doing is amazing. And it's it's hard because he's also playing every single game. I think Vegas has Jokic as the number one guy right now. Now, I wouldn't put him over Embiid. But the thing is, Embiid's better defensively. But Jokic is not. Just because he's not a rim protector doesn't mean he's doing, doing his job. He's not doing his job defensively. Jokic is actually doing his job very well defensively. Um, if you look at the numbers, the team is just much better when he's on the court. He's very valuable. So if you're having an MVP conversation, obviously Jokic has to be in it. It's very close. I wouldn't mind if him or Embiid wins it. Or I wouldn't be mind if Steph Curry wins MVP. Now let's talk about the tear that Steph Curry has been on. Steph is leading the league in scoring. All right, He's putting up 31 points, 6 assists, a steal, almost 2 steals a game. Efficiency field goal percentage is at 58 right now. Shooting 48 from the field. Shooting 42% from the 3-point line. Now, what makes it amazing with Steph Curry um, was the fact, obviously, his size, but it's how he's doing, what he's doing, the three-pointers that he's hitting right now, how he's able to lead the league in scoring at such... It's not like he's just shooting... He's just jacking up threes. This dude is shooting 42% from threes. And from deep, from anywhere. But with all the defensive attention in the world with him, he's doing this without clay. For him to be shooting 42% from the three-point line with all the defensive attention that comes at him. I promise you, every coach is, is losing sleep trying to game plan for this guy the night before. This These shots don't... No three-point shot comes easy for Steph. On ball, off ball, none of it comes easy because every defense is really focused on him. They're making sure that he's not putting up a shot. They're trying everything they can to not put up a shot because they know he's going to do it. And you still can't stop it. You still can't stop it. And he's willing that Warriors team as far as he can possibly can. It's going to be interesting to see how far he's taking. But these these past games, he's been on a tear. He's been getting 40, 50 with ease right now. With ease. And right now, he's giving himself a case where it might be sooner or later. Where, you know, it might be sooner than later before we can start calling Curry the greatest point guard of all time. Because... He's getting closer and closer to Magic Johnson as 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 far as we speak right now. And he's right now what what he's doing, you just gotta appreciate it. And my th- my admiration for him is just to see how he's doing with all the defensive attention that's coming at him as a shooter where every every team knows you're about to be the one shooting and he's still getting them off at such a high rate, shooting so many of them, but he's so efficient at the same time. It's just it's just a beautiful thing to see. And it's it's throwing you back to the 2016 year that he was having. And that's what he's putting up right now. And I wouldn't be mad if he won MVP. I really wouldn't. So you got those three. It's going to be interesting to see how they finish out. And I look forward to the MVP race this year. For honorable mentions, um, we have Chris Paul and Damian Lillard in the honorable mentions. But as far as the level that these three guys are playing, you know, I can just say, you know, everybody... You can just throw in so many other players. I mean, you had James Harden earlier. You had Giannis as well. You can even say Julius Randle, for instance. 
um, even Donovan Mitchell. There's so many guys playing at a high level that you can say that's in the conversation. But only one guy can win it, and I'm not gonna have eight guys in the conversation at this point of the con- at this point of the season. Those three guys are the lead of the conversation, and I think the MVP can go either way, one, two, or three right now. Either way, any of those guys have a chance to win right now. It's still up in the air. There is no for sure. I can have a favorite, but there is no favorite right now. It's really, it's really, really close, and it's really exciting to see. That's how good this season has been so far. So that's what I got about the NBA right now, um, about my Kings and the MVP race. Uh, a lot of you know, a lot of players are injured right now. Um, and a lot of teams are focused on the playoffs. So that's what makes my team interesting to talk because there's always something to talk about. We don't we don't know if they're going to be in the play-in. We don't know if they're going to tank. There's always, you know, there's always, what's that word I'm looking for? There's always parity. I don't know what to expect with this team. So that's what's been making this season pretty interesting. Luckily, I'm not no... Uh, you know, Nets fan or a, a Jazz fan where my team is winning, you know, what, what, what fun is that? You know, what, what fun is that? Oh, my team is winning, you know, we're just at the top of the table, we're at the top of the West, top of the East or whatever. No, I enjoy talking about the struggle of the Sacramento Kings in this roller coaster season where I can get super hyped up on a seven game winning streak and then I can just get be in pain because of a nine game winning, light losing streak two times. So, it's always fun. It's always fun. It's going to be interesting to see how this season fully folds. So, now, now I'm going into two other things. I want to talk about that European Super League that I was going to rant last night about. And the fans have spoken up. So, the Premier League teams pulled out. AC Milan, Inter, Atletico Madrid pulled out. It's so nice to hear that Atletico Madrid and Liverpool pulled out of the European Super League. And... People, the, the people spoke up. The fans were against it. The fans did not want it. It it was a it was it was just disappointing to the to the sport, especially where you had teams like Arsenal or Tottenham claiming that they're a big team when they're in ninth place in their own league. The thing about the Premier League, there's so much history. You know, you got teams like Austin Villa that was good at one point, Leeds United that was good at one point. Even Sunderland, who sucks now, but they were good at one point. Everton, all these other clubs. West Ham has been really good this year. There's too many clubs that's been good before, and that's the beauty of it. You can be good, or you can, if you're not good enough, you can potentially get regulated into the second league. And even with the Italian clubs and this one Spanish club in Atletico Madrid, I'm glad that they pulled out. But it wasn't good for the sport, and we all knew that. Yes, they want to go. Yes, the clubs want to go against UEFA and FIFA, but I want to give them as much credit as they're the reasons why the the clubs pulled out. The fans, the people, the players are the reason why that this happened because nobody wanted it, and it was a shame that these clubs even did that. I'm glad that Liverpool's owner came out and apologized to its fans. I hope all the owners of these clubs do that because it just it wasn't it wasn't right for the sport at all to even think or propose something like that even try to go through with something like that it wasn't going to work out to just give teams an automatic automatic qualification in this in this new competition come on now we got to think about the sport 
think if 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 they had you know obviously every club is in money but nobody told these clubs to go spend 50 million plus on teenagers on transfers or spend 100 million plus on transfers you know so i'm glad that the european super league is really failed there's some teams still going you know real madrid is the one that you know they're the ones that's trying to push this the most i think barcelona is still in it but i think juventus might even still be in it but i don't think it's going to go through i have no problem with the new competition being proposed but it has to be fair it can't be no big clubs automatically in because you can't just have just because you want to see man united versus real madrid man united has it even been good or even won a champions league since 2009 you can't think about the brand more than the sport just because they're two big brands going against each other doesn't mean that the rating is just going to go up you know people don't want that people want to see a fair competition where every team has a chance to lose and you can't do that totally against that so i'm glad that the people have spoken up it doesn't look like it's going to go through and that was the that's those that was a long stressful two days for football fans all around the world right there really long stressful times so i'm glad that went through baseball oh my god so i went to when i was talking about i was going to that a's and dodgers game you know i watched dodgers that's a real baseball team i'll get into them in a second but the a's started off zero and five we were just one and six then we just won 11 straight now we're 11 and six now we're 12 and six um, had a double header the other day won both of them we won off of an error now the a's won 11 straight and now we're first place in our division and second place in the in the american league wow that was a turnaround and honestly if the a's ever get a chance to win the world series that would be so amazing it would be so amazing if they ever get a chance to win the world series just because how broke they are uh, the salary cap that they're you know not the salary cap there is no salary cap the the payroll that we're dealing with the the disadvantages that we deal with it'll be so nice to see the a's win a championship being the only team in oakland right now it'll be amazing i really want to see that team win baseball has definitely grown on me especially from that covid year seeing that 60 game season oh i've been keeping up with a lot more baseball as of late shout out to matt olsen he's hitting bombs right now the pitching is starting to do their job so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. It's a long, long season, as we know. We know that baseball is a 160-something game, 62 games. So it's going to be a long season. But it's nice to see that they're on an 11-game win streak right now. We'll see how long that goes. Hopefully, I don't jinx it. Play the or We're going to a series with the Orioles next. That shouldn't be too difficult. But, you know, baseball is a sport where anybody can win. So we'll see what happens. As far as the Dodgers, oh, my God. The Dodgers had just went in this series with the Padres and I got to see the Dodgers live for myself. They, you know, you can call them and say that they had a Mickey Mouse ring, but they coming back for vengeance. They are giving me late 90, early 2000 Yankee vibes. That is a real baseball team, my folks. As far as their pitching rotation and that lineup and the depth of the rotation, the way they grind out at bats, the, the pitching staff they, they, they're just dealing with, with Kershaw, Bauer, Bueller, Urias and Dustin May and David Price as a relief and Kenley Jansen and Bruce Dark Gratterall and Tony Gonsolin as their pitching staff and then you can look at that lineup where you got Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, Corey Seager, 
Chris Taylor, Max Muncy, and it just goes on and on. Will Smith. And then you got the young guys like Edwin Rios, Jake Marisnik. Um, you got freaking, you got, you got Gavin Lux. They just got so many pieces. They're such a good team. But baseball is a thing where anything can happen. They can win all these games. They can win the division. We've seen it before. But then you never know. Howie Kendrick could just come and surprise y'all. But now Howie Kendrick is retired. But shoot, Pablo Sandoval might just mess around and have a crazy World Series. You never know what could happen in baseball. It's a cruel, cruel, cruel game. As I experienced with the A's always losing in the first round every single time we get a chance to go to the playoffs. I am still sick of the freaking playoff series that we lost to the Astros last year. Anywho... It's going to be interesting to see what the A's do this season. It seemed I thought we were going to be really, really bad because we were just playing such bad baseball those first six games. And it's nice to see that we're back on track and we'll see how this season goes. As far as the Niners, real quick, the draft is next week. I'm getting, this, getting there. It's going to be interesting to see who we get as our franchise quarterback. Hopefully not a bust. And I need, we need to stop with the Mac Jones talk because I feel like we already got our Mac Jones. That's what Jimmy G is for. We already got that. We're not going to just get another Jimmy G with the third overall pick. We're going to get somebody that's dynamic. All I know is it's either going to be Trey Lance or Justin Fields. I'm really hoping for Trey Lance. Nothing against Justin Fields, but I think the upside of Trey Lance is just too great. I think he fits with Kyle Shanahan's scheme. He ran a similar scheme in North Dakota State. And the way he runs with the ball is just special, man. I just... I see so much upside and potential there. I really see a Pat Mahomes, Alex Smith situation. I think a year of learning under Jimmy Garoppolo would help him greatly, and then we just go on from there. And, yeah, that's a little brief thing. We'll get to the draft soon as the days come closer. Otherwise, this is episode 43. I'm going to go to the gym real quick, get some rest, and go to work. And I'm finally getting a chance to go out this Saturday night. It's going to be interesting. And, yeah. Um, appreciate the people that's talking. I mean, that that's listening. I'm the one talking. It's pretty interesting that I really talk about. I talk to myself, like on two to three times a week, <laughs> and I enjoy doing it. I want to keep doing this if I really didn't enjoy doing it. So all the people that listen, I greatly appreciate it. Otherwise, I hope you have a wonderful evening, day, whenever you listen to this. Kings and five. I'm out. Peace.